secret shop Welcome to The Secret Circle with me, Dr. Luke Deckard, the podcast where I chat with authors, filmmakers, musicians, and more about the art of their craft and let you in on some of their secrets. Uh, today's guest is author Jonathan Whitelaw. Uh, he's the writer of The Bingo Hall Detectives and The Village Hall Vendetta and more. Uh, today we're talking about writing processes, cr uh, cozy crime, and uh, how you keep the genre fresh in a rather oversaturated market. Uh, Jonathan, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me, Doctor. It's a congratulations on an order, Thank obviously, you. both for your doctorate and this brand new show. I'm delighted to be here and uh, be on the you. other end of the mic with you once again, Doctor yes, Decker. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. We've had we've had many conversations on the uh, on my old podcast, Luke Deckard Show, which you can find archived on YouTube if you would like to go back and listen to me rant about all sorts of pop culture stuff. Many times with Jonathan. <laughs> It was good stuff. It was good stuff. It was um, good stuff. It is good stuff. Yeah, you know. So we tore apart the Mandalorian. It was <laughs> multiple times. I think. Multiple I think. Times. I'm. I'm almost certain that the Mandalorian came up at least once on shows that we did together that weren't anything to do with the Mandalorian. Probably. And that's that's what it is. But yeah, you know, there you go. I think Guard so. On your back. Um, <laughs> so okay, with this particular show, what I like to do uh, initially with all the writers that I bring on um, is I like to ask them first the philosophical question of why is it that you write? Okay. So there you go. Oh, that's the oh, that's the question. That's the question. Sorry, I, th I, I thought there was a I, I wasn't paying attention. I beg your pardon. Um, <laughs> why do I write? I yeah. I guess guess guesses because the only thing I know is the only thing I know how to do. I mean, you know, I, I there's a story I always tell about writing because you know, you, you, when you are a writer, you inevitably get asked, "When did you first start doing it? When did you first start, you know, putting together narratives and characters mm. and all the rest of it?" And the story I always tell is when I was younger, uh, probably yeah, probably about five or six or something like that. So at school and we used to go on holiday quite a bit and uh, I always wanted to take my action figures, you know, dating myself here, but Captain Scarlet figures and Thunderbirds and Batman and Star Wars and, and, and what have you. And it got to the stage where my parents were paying thousands and thousands of pounds uh, in excess baggage because I was carting the Batmobile and the Batplane <laughs> and the Millennium Falcon in, in our suitcase. So, um, my uh, my mother uh, my mother decided that it would be a lot cheaper if she gave me a, a notepad and a packet of pencils and said, right, we're not taking this stuff. You can get it when we come back after a week or 10 days or, or, or two weeks or what have you. Mm. So what I used to do was on, while I was on holiday, I used to write down the stories that I wanted to then act out with my characters and, and, oh. and action figures when I came home, Lego and all the rest of it. And that's what I would do. So, you know, it would be whatever. It would be Batman versus the Joker somewhere or, you know, uh, some sort of Star Wars adventure or, or something to do with Lego. And then I would come home and I would act out uh, what, I'd, what I'd written. Yeah. Um, and that's really what my first kind of memories of putting together, putting together a story, you know, telling stories. And quite frankly, I've not stopped since. You know, I was yeah. like, I always, I always wrote throughout school. I, I always loved that in, in primary school and secondary school. When you used to get creative writing exercises, I did it at university. I, I, I had it on the side when I was studying psychology, and then, I, well, I became a journalist, and that's that's writing every day. But I was always, mm. I was always, I was always writing my fiction and 
and it is a craft and and one of the one of the really really interesting things always was that i always had the energy to do it after an eight hour shift nine hour shift as a as a journalist yeah i always kind of saw if you're sitting writing you know 10 15 stories a day <clears throat> very different obviously to fiction Absolutely. Uh, or it should be very different. Your journalism <laughs> should be very different to fiction. Mm, um, <laughs> in 2023, that's... Um, what is truth? Yeah, exactly. What is fiction? What exactly. is reality? Um, but yeah, I used to... It used to be like a warm-up. You know, it, yeah. it, you, you wouldn't just go and run the Boston Marathon without having done months and months of training, years of training for it. So it was It was always It was always really, really good to do that. So yeah, I've always done it. It's, it's, it's the only thing I know how to how to do whether i do it well or not it's a, a completely different debate not for me to say <laughs> but it's a but it's 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 what I've, it's what i've always done it's fascinating the way what you're mentioning there that you used to take your your you know your your action figures and your your, your parents gave you the notebook and said you know, write your story write you yeah. know write and da, 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 da. because early uh in one of my um my very first episode of the secret circle i had uh, james benmore on who uh, yeah, yeah. wrote the dodger books and yep. most recently asked for mercy um and asked him the same question and it's fascinating that both of you have to have a similar kind of uh story and that you 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 as children you were telling stories with your action figures yeah um and that's kind of a, a big a, a big part of you know your early development of as as you know to, to becoming a writer is is telling stories that way um and it's because it's interesting yeah i mean i and i think about it even in my own experience like as a kid yeah definitely but, yeah i mean that's it like i i would spend hours i was i was never happier than when i was in my bedroom or whatever with yeah a you know with with the an x-wing and a tie fighter and you know and thunderbird 2 and things like that yeah um never ever happier than that and to the yeah. point where i always wanted to take the stuff with me and and a you know that went on throughout my entire childhood and and the, the thing was like i used to it got to that stage where uh, i would still be writing the stories mm not just when I was when I was away, not just when I was in holidays, and and gradually it became, you know, it got to that stage where you were inventing your own characters. It wasn't just Han yes. Solo, Batman. You know, it it was it was you know they were actual original characters that you were coming up with. Um, and reading as well, obviously, reading yes. reading is a big big thing, and 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 I always I always love books, and I still love books, and I still love to read, and 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 that being encouraged. At a very young age, and it's something that I do with my own son. You know, we we read every every night, and mm. and it's such a wonderful gift. It's it's a it's a gift that I was given, and it's something that I that I always pass on. And what interestingly, it's you, you're never you're never too old. Yeah, you know, something no. like reading and, yeah. and and writing as well, fiction right? You're never ever too old to pick it up and start it again, or start it again, or or, yeah. or pick it up for the first time. It's it's not a it's not a time it's not a time sensitive thing. It's no. it absolutely isn't it? It's a wonderful gift to be given. And to receive as well, and yeah, and I, I think, I mean, yeah, all, all all us writers, you know this as well. Look, you know, we, we are all readers, and we're all avid readers, and mm. and, and it's you'll you pick things up, good and bad, from 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 other people that write, maybe not necessarily in your own genre or subgenre, but elsewhere, and and that all goes into that all goes into shaping you as a writer. But yeah, it yeah. is. It's it's. I mean, I, I loved it. I, I just loved having that 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 scope to have the imagination Definitely. just run away from me, really. Did you ever write um, fan fiction as a kid of any kind? No, n no, not not really. It was always, like I said, if it, it was sort of born through necessity that I didn't have my 
right. Darth Vader and Boba Fett figures with me. Yeah. So I would do whatever that was. But I, I mean, when I, when I kind of, I don't want to say when I grew up, because I don't think I've ever grown up. I don't think I ever <laughs> grew up. Um, but I, I never, it, no, it, it never, it never really factored in. I'm not, I'm not mm. sure why. I, I, I mean, again, it might, it might be, it might be again dating myself. It might be a sort of product of, like I grew up in the 1990s. Mm. when there was a dearth of like visual media for things like star wars and yeah. um doctor who yeah you know, big big sci-fi nut uh so but there was there was a lot of multimedia that 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 weren't the movies and the tv shows you know there was yeah. a lot like loads and loads of doctor who novels the new adventures yeah. the missing adventures and stuff like that obviously all the the now legends uh canon for star wars mm. so i kind of felt that i got my fix with that because okay because i could sit down and i could read it big finish audios as well for doctor of who course. used, to, used yeah, to listen yeah, yeah. to them and then of course you get to 1999 and you've got the phantom menace comes out and there's suddenly this re reassurance of star wars stuff yeah. 2005 obviously for doctor who um but i i yeah i always kind of felt that i got my fix for those for those sorts of stories that i didn't that i didn't have to come up with them myself i was also okay. probably and to a certain degree still am a intimidated to do that James Cameron mm. always famously said when he when he took over the Alien franchise, he said that um, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't with that sort of stuff because yeah. all the good stuff that I do in my sequel will be credited to Ridley Scott and all the bad stuff that I do will be blamed on me. Um, <laughs> and and it's true, right? It's it's true with these sort of intellectual properties and and I, you know, that, that's it, he he just eloquently he was just able to sort of you know describe it in an eloquent manner that I've that I've always remembered. So yeah, I, I think that probably was an intimidation factor. There. I also really enjoyed coming up with my own stuff. Mm. Like even even at a young age, I enjoyed having a character. Now, God forbid, I'd be able to find all that stuff and go back at it. I'd probably be able to identify it with adult eyes and say that's a Han Solo ripoff. That's a right, you know, yeah, yeah, Scarlet yeah. ripoff. Of course, of course yeah. it was right. But um, so it probably was fan fiction and everything but name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I I get that. I get that. Um, so your the books that you write nowadays, the yeah. Bingo Hall uh, uh, Detectives, and um, the Village uh, the Village Hall Vendetta. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're writing, you're writing what is, uh, typically called cozy, cozy crime, yeah. uh, for those at home who don't know, most, I figure most people listening will know, but for the, for the two people who don't know what cozy crime is, uh, yeah. what's your definition of cozy crime? So I always describe it as a, a traditional mystery where you don't have any sort of graphic sex scenes or violence. So for want of a better expression, the knife goes in, but you don't ever see the knife go in. Invariably, yeah. there's a murderer that has to be that has to be caught. There's a there's a killing that has to be uh, mm. solved. And ninety nine point nine percent of the time, the people that are your main protagonists that are solving the murder aren't law enforcement. They're not cops. They're not mm. you know PIs. They're they're, they're not ex cops or anything like that. They usually tend to be normal people. Yeah. Um, so I'm I, at time of recording. I've been teaching a, a an eight week course about cozy mystery, and in the process of that, it's actually been really, really, it's been really fascinating because I've kind of had to sit down and, and think about what this is, what you know, what is it I've been writing for the last three three plus years. Mm. Um, and there's a phrase that I've sort of that I've, that I've I've stuck on is that you know a cozy mystery is a is is a mystery is a who done it, but it's it's rooted in the humdrum of real life. Mm -hmm. uh so your 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 main characters are people like you and i and mm -hmm. and how i try and 
describe it when I teach it is think what you would do as a normal person if you had a murder to solve. <laughs> and with the with the bingo hall detectives, that is a series. I mean, that that's where the idea came from. That mm. that was a proper lightning bolt to the back of my head. I was at my mother in law's in Northern Ireland mm-hmm. one Easter, maybe about five six years ago, and this old pop star came on the TV, and I turned over to Margaret and I said, I, I honestly don't know where this came from, but I I just looked over at Margaret and I said, what would happen if if she was murdered and you and I had to catch the killer? Yeah. <laughs> And she said, uh, she said there'd be two other, there'd be two more murders, namely yours and mine, Jonathan, long before we caught the actual, the actual killer. Um, and I sat on it, I sat on it for years and then it, and then it came back just through opportunities and stuff like that. But that's yeah. it. Like, you know, it, my character is Jason's an artwork journalist, his mother-in-law is a sort of, you know, well-to-do um, pillar of the community in, in Penrith and in Cumbria. Um, but they're ordinary people. They're, they're yeah. you know, they're not cops. They're not. Uh, they're not PIs, they're not military police, they're not CIA, they're not MI6. They're, they're ordinary people who who are faced with a, a, an extraordinary set of circumstances and through various degrees of motivation, um, good and bad, they they have to they feel that it's their their duty to catch the to catch the killer. Yeah, I that's a that's a good that's a good explanation of kind of of what what that kind of genre represents. How do you factor in like the 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 outliers? I think, but also the 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 pillars of the genre. Um, people like Sherlock Holmes, Proro, who yeah. who are they they're amateur sleuths. They're not yeah. they're not the law. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but they are quasi pis basically because people go yeah. to them for help and and the police use them yeah. um how do you how do you factor those those kind of figures in with your with your with your with your lessons well i i think it's all to do with contemporary contemporary fiction you know if you're writing yeah. the, the world the world was a very very different place in the 1930s where poirot mostly takes place and the yeah. 1860s or whatever it is the 1960s 1880s sir a bigger pardon sorry up to um, 1914 or 1913 <laughs> that, that's it i this can't go out now luke that's it it's, I, i'm going to be excommunicated by the the, the mystery and crime writing uh, community unfortunately it was nice while it lasted it was always gonna happen right it was always gonna happen um yeah uh, so you know very very different worlds back then yes right? and, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and very very different attitudes towards things and i think um and this is one of the really, really good things about about this resurgence in in cozy crime and and mm. this sort of move into the into the, the popular zeitgeist uh, to sound rather highfalutin <laughs> is that you are getting characters who are who are from the 21st century right they mm. they, they they have the flaws of 21st century people uh, yeah. they have the attributes uh, and skill sets and positives of 21st century people and i think i mean that's that's the thing about you know, if if you set a cozy in 1930, mm. um, like any historical writing, and I know that sounds odd to say 100 years ago is a historical. I I read somewhere recently that the 1960s is now considered historical, but of course, mm. history is history is yeah. gaining on us every year, right? That's how it works. Yeah. But um, but if you write anything a, a, a in a historical context, it's got to reflect the time just as it does if you write something in 2023 so it's something that that um it's something that you know when when i'm talking about cozy crime i think you you can't you can't avoid it because you're right like you know holmes and and poirot in particular are they are cops in all but name 
mm. um, in that they can't make an arrest, but they but they work so closely with the police yeah. that it's that they that they may as well have a badge. But that reflects back then when you could do things like that, right? And, <laughs> and there wasn't all this red tape, and there wasn't all that, or maybe not as much as that sort of red tape where where you could have these types of characters very much being part of the being part of the investigation. Whereas now, obviously, it's 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 a completely different ball game. Yeah, maybe it's more dangerous. I don't know, but it's 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 a very different world. Law enforcement is very different twenty twenty three than it was even Definitely. even in nineteen ninety three. You know, it's Definitely. that's it, right? Yeah, for you for you who uh, who are the golden age writers that inspire you the most? <sighs> Again, I think I suppose I've already been excommunicated. I've excommunicated myself, <laughs> but I think it would be uh, if I didn't say. Agatha Christie. <laughs> I think that I think that would be. It. I think I would get my my writing license uh, revoked, and I would be thrown in jail, uh, art art jail. Um, yeah, I mean the thing is, do you know? Weirdly, I I watched my wife and I watched a haunting in Venice uh, the other night. The other night, there, and that's that's based on an Agatha Christie. I don't know why. I mean, that's all three of those Kenneth Branagh. Um, that's all three of those Poirot movies with Kenneth Branagh, Kenneth Branagh that I've now watched, and I don't know why I keep going back. Honestly, I didn't either. I didn't either. I, I gave up after Murder is, on the Orient Express. I was done. I was like, never again am all. I watching these. I've watched them all as well. Like, it's not like I've like I've, I've left after twenty minutes or fifteen minutes. <laughs> I've watched every single one of them. Um, I don't know why I do it. Honestly, I must. I, I, yeah, I must be a sadist. Anyway, um, but we, my wife and I were talking about it, and and we ended up having a kind of fairly lengthy debate about characters like Poirot and Miss Marple and stuff. And, mm. and like, you know, it's, it's absolutely remarkable. It's remarkable. The, the, the feat of imagination and the feat of innovation that someone like Agatha Christie could have had as an author to, for us to still be making these movies and using these characters. And, and it's, it's so, so much part of, 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 of our culture that we don't, we almost don't even know about it. Mm. Um, and I think with, uh, particularly with some, you know, a Miss Marple character, like the Miss Marple character comes up time and time and time again. Yeah. You know, you can't tell me that Jessica Fletcher from a uh, murder. Oh. She wrote isn't, isn't Miss yeah, Marple. In fact, of course she is. I, I only learned recently that, um, that a, uh, Oh God, Angela Lansbury almost forgot a name there. Um, <laughs> she played Miss Marple. She, she there's, oh, there's yeah. a seventies Miss Marple where it's Angela Lansbury. And that's like, you know, I mean, that's, that's two Titans of, of, a, of popular culture over the last hundred years, smashed together in a, <laughs> in a you know in a ninety minute film or what have you. Um, so yeah, you can't. I mean, it's it, it's unavoidable and it's it is remarkable. I did. I mean, I mentioned Christie a couple of weeks ago in this class that I taught, and I looked up the numbers, and the estimates are between two and four billion book sales mm. in in what pff, hundred. 110 100 110 years or something like that i mean it's, yeah. it's absolutely extraordinary absolutely yeah. extraordinary and yeah. there's an argument to be made that none of us would be here as as crime writers now with without the likes of her and of course conan doyle as well yeah. operating you know 50 years before or what have you if my timeline's right but um <laughs> which it probably isn't uh but yeah i, I mean yeah you can't you can't get away from it and and mm. and all all roads lead back to christine and, and that's that's so i mean i'm okay with that that's that's mm. not i'm not a critic i'm not a critical that's interesting we, we won't go into that debate i don't know if all roads lead back to christie um but she is definitely a she's definitely a stop along the way she's definitely yeah. a stop along the way um what do you think is 
the the reason like that that cozy crime is having such a uh, a resurgence right now. It's always been around, as you said. Oh yeah, yeah. Christie's always been there. Conan Doyle's always been there. Dorothy Sayers. They all these things have always been. They've always made lots and lots and lots of money. Every once, you know, there's these films that come up here and once, uh, you know, absolutely films, TV show, all that kind of stuff. Um, but right now it's it's at a particular height. Um, you have like the you have Ryan Johnson's Knives Out. Uh, yeah. Knives Out movies. You have uh, the the murder. What's what's the uh, only only murder murderers, only murderers in, the in the building? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, you know, various things that, that, that kind of Columbo ripoff that's on some some network. Hey, poker face. Poker face. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you have a lot of the stuff that that's out there that's really heavily leaning into the. The, yeah. the cozy stuff um and just obviously books are on the rise you have you your books are out there my my friend um you know bonnie she has her sherlock holmes books that are out there yeah. you have you have uh, so much stuff so much stuff going on with this with this genre what do you think is the is the root of of the resurgence with this i i think it's a twofold thing for me the, mm. the first one is um and there are academic studies that don't come to mind what they are, but I am aware of them that have proven mm. that things like traditional mystery, cozy mystery, always have a resurgence when times are tough. Yeah. And the unlike uh, unlike other forms of crime fiction, certainly there is the, the escapism is ramped all the way up to eleven. Yeah. Um, within cozy mystery, it has to be right. And and as a cozy mystery writer you know as, as any sort of writer but particularly mystery writer there's always that there's always that expectation that readers will to a certain degree check their sensibilities off at the door when they pick up the book yes you know like murder investigations in real life thank god are are usually done very very quickly and the killer is caught relatively soon after after it happens it doesn't always happen that way of course but through you know the competence of 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 detectives and 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 law enforcement these things happen quite quickly whereas yeah if you if you reflected that in crime fiction, it'd be over probably before the end of the first chapter, right? That, yeah. that, that that's it. So how do you spin it out to ninety thousand words? Well, you've yeah. got red herrings and you've got mistakes and stuff like that. And with cozy, I think again readers kind of pick it up, pick up a cozy novel, and they they check even that checked out sensibility and that sense of reality because they, there's a predisposition there, I think, for wanting to enjoy the story and yes. wanting yes. to like the characters immediately. And that sense of escapism, I think, is, is a big, big part of of, of the modern resurgence um, mm. of Cozy because it's been a brutal few years on yeah. almost every front for almost everybody on the planet, right? From yes. pandemics to now we're seeing conflicts all over the all over the world. And yeah. sometimes you just want to sit down with a really, really good story that you know you're not going to get horrified with and you're not going to get shocked by necessarily and again I, i'm always aware when i say these things that, mm. that sounds negative but it's it's not meant to sound negative and, and it, it certainly isn't negative sometimes you just want that warm blanket sometimes you don't yeah. want to go out to party you just want to stay home and and yeah. and, and watch some what watch something silly or read uh read something that you know it's all going to be all right in the end right and yeah. and again living in the world that we do and living in the times that we do uh, i i think that's I mean that that's why I write them quite frankly yeah. you know I was a journalist for for 12 years and and some of the stuff that I saw and and and, and heard happen and, and stuff that I reported on I mean to be able to sit down at night and transport myself to the world of Jason and Amateur where it's Penrith and it's bingo clubs and it's yeah. yes okay murderers yeah. on the loose right um <laughs> but 
uh, I mean, it was it was a relief for me. And I also think that the other the other sort of the other sort of uh, you know the, one of the other reasons that I think that it's enjoying a resurgence is that you've got a lot of writers now who are m- making it very modern. You know, mm. um, the, the the notion that a cozy mystery has to take place in a country house, and it has to have a you, you know a, your Miss Marple type character as the one this daughtery old woman who who who's the one that outsmarts the killer yes um he says with a 70 something year old daughtery woman in in his collection uh, in, in his novels but you know the, the 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 those notions no longer apply all the time you can have yeah. you know we've got cozy mysteries that have got retired teachers we've got them we've got pastry chefs we've got uh, our work journalists, you know, we've got uh, dog sitters. Um, yes, the great Andy Johnson. You know, yeah. it, it, you, you've got we've got media, we've got fake mediums, we've got real mediums. You know, it, it's it's people that are from, like I said, it's rooted in the humdrum of real life, and and it's real life people that are the ones that are that are trying to catch these killers. And the great thing about it is that with this resurgence, it means that it's brought what was maybe arguably quite a stuffy old-fashioned subgenre completely up to date and it means mm. that you've got great writers who um who might not necessarily have decided to write in this particular subgenre 10 15 years ago they're now writing in this subgenre and they're bringing with bringing with them their talent and their skill and their comedy and their lightness of touch and their sinister motives and everything mm. into a yes. genre that maybe wouldn't have been touched like i said yeah. not that long ago it's interesting Excuse me. It's interesting because I'm thinking uh, kind of along these lines is is that you have this discourse, I think, within the within the cozy circles um, of, of cozy writers being frustrated by being called cozy. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm curious as to kind of where you land on this. I mean, even like the, the quote unquote big dogs like Richard Osman, who who writes cozy crime is yep. saying oh i don't write cozy crime well <laughs> mate you do you know so it, it, what's interesting to me is, is so there's, there's this, this this discourse out there that, that's trying to say that oh don't call me cozy because i write about murder well yeah. you do but also it's it's a fairy tale you're yeah. you're kind of kind of what who was it who said that julian Sim, simeon simmons yeah uh said that said the golden age and stuff is 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 effectively it's a fairy tale yeah. Yeah. but that's not a bad thing Absolutely it's not. it's that's its point is it's it's Absolutely. it's it's hyper real it's it's there's Absolutely. there's chaos and you fix it by the end yeah. um so i guess what I'm, I'm curious is where do you land on that argument and do you think that that there even should what do we should we even be worrying about authors like don't call me cozy or like just just embrace it come on yeah I, it's never bothered me yeah. It's, it's I've never been ashamed of it. I've never been embarrassed by it. I mean, mm. it's it is what it is, right? Yeah. The, the wider debate is here, like you know, what's a label? It's it's art yeah. versus business. You've got to label something to sell it, right? And, yeah. and sometimes it's easier to just say, "This is what this novel is." Yeah. To, in order to get it under the noses of agents and publishers and and all the rest of it, movie directors and TV producers and stuff like that, like we, we label things all the time. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, I mean, th- this debate goes beyond cozy. Like, there, there are there are crime writers that I know that don't like to be called crime writers. They they like to be called thriller writers. And it's like, well, oh, oh all right, okay, okay. That, that, that's all right, <laughs> of, of course, absolutely. Um, 
and everyone's entitled to their opinion. Of course they are. Yeah. For me, it's never it's never been a problem. I don't I don't ever have an issue saying that I'm a cozy writer. If anything, actually, I'm quite proud to say that I'm a cozy writer yeah. because it's 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 a term that I think, regardless of what your opinion of labels and and that type of thing are, when you tell someone that you're a cozy writer or it's a cozy crime novel. Mm. people already know what it is and i think yes. particularly with cozy exactly as you say look that yeah. that idea that that fairy tale it, it's a lot more of a fairy tale than say a police procedural is on on, oh, on paper yeah. Yeah. Um, or a psychological thriller or, or or anything else you know it is a fairy tale it's characters that are that are you know they have quirks but they yeah. have deliberate quirks and and they've yeah. got silly names and they do silly things and they find themselves in silly situations and you know, caper is another word that, that a lot of people don't like mm. um, across all genres, I guess, you know, because it, it, it there's, a, there's a kind of feeling that it immediately dumbs it down or or it yeah. simplifies it. But I mean, yeah. I don't, it's, it's never it's never been a problem. I, I've never I've never ever bought into don't call it this, call it that. Yeah, it is what it is. Because it's like it you is. were saying earlier, like like you were saying with with cozy crime and golden age crime, you you don't see the knife go in. But you see the but you you see the body on the floor. Oh yeah. You see the yeah, knife yeah. in the body. Yeah. Um, but but violence is is very very sanitized. Yeah. In these books, whereas if I'm to pick up a Raymond Chandler or a Sarah Pretzky or something like that, um, Michael Connelly, you're yeah. going to get much more graphic detail Absolutely. both in violence and in the romance um and and generally cozy um and and golden age is relatively it, it's it's almost like it was marvel cinematic universe before marvel yes. like there's like they might there might be a kiss but there is like no sex in those universes no 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 no, <laughs> no blood yeah no. It, it, or it goes from no blood to, to you know it, you never see the blood run out right it, yeah yeah yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's a, it's a hallmark of it, right? And yeah. I, I've always been of the belief that with cozy mystery, you can tell any story that you want, right? Yeah, you, you can you can tell any story that that you want. It's just how you package it. Um, and you know th this this notion that a uh, this notion that that cozy cozy crime and cozy crime writing, um, you know, because you don't have these these blow by blow descriptions of a knife going in or a, a, you know what happens when someone gets a gets shot point blank in the yeah. back of the head yeah. um that necessarily doesn't make it crimey enough you know that doesn't that that that, mm. that 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 sort of reduces the fact that it's a crime i don't necessarily buy into that because the research yeah. that you have to do as a crime as a cozy crime novelist is yeah. just just as much as as you would if you're writing a police procedural because yeah. well you may not put that information in there you've still got to know what happens so that you can write so that you can't put it in there if if if, if that makes sense you know you've got to be able to write around it and deal with the after effects and, and all the rest of it yes. so there's you know there's no there's there, there's no easier nature of it i was on a i was on a panel at an event over here in canada earlier on mm -hmm. in the summer and i was on with a with a a cozy writer uh, and she shocked the room um, not in a good way when she was asked about, you know, why do you write cozy crime? And she said, well, I, I don't like doing research, so I write cozy crime so that I don't have to. And <laughs> I was I was like, I was right beside her and I was like, she didn't just say that, did she? That's, am I having some sort of episode where, where like, I imagined what she just said there? And oh, like, the, the I mean, thankfully, the room were on my side, right? Because like, I, I've never seen yeah. 40, 50 people's faces all drop simultaneously. 
Well, yeah. And she went on, you know, in fairness, she went on to describe her process and, and, and you know, what, what she does and how she gets about, gets around that. Mm. But she she lost me, you know, and 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 I couldn't yeah. I couldn't get my head quite. I still can't, right? Yeah, that's nuts to me because when I think about like you know with, with your books and how your processes work, and I think about um, you know my friend Bonnie or or uh, Sophia who writes the the, uh, the, yeah. like the who wrote the Windsor Knot and the the Queen the Queen yeah, mystery yeah. books. Um, so much research has to Absolutely. go into those. So Absolutely. much research because you you want things to be. You the, the the trouble with with the cozy stuff for me it, not the trouble I suppose but I don't know the the difficulty with it is that you you have to come up with this e insane elaborate way in which someone is murdered that's that's so absurdly uh, implausible <laughs> but then you also have to make that plausible yeah you know what I mean um, and it's it's and but that's that's part of the fun that's not me knocking it, it that's is. part of that's part yeah. of the fun of the genre it is. Um, it is. you know it's it's it much is. different to Raymond Chandler where he's you know the guy just beats someone up or you know shoot someone into into it's simple simple murder in that yeah, sense yeah, yeah. Um, or more realistic murder I suppose whereas was you know the, it, it, it takes a lot of effort to research and work it out it does it, it, there's there's more of a kind of puzzle building element of it that, yeah. that you've got to kind of try and factor in one of the big things weirdly one of the big things that i found particularly with the bingo hall detectives series because you know we're on we're on to the third one in in the new year in april mm. uh, and there's a there's a fourth one as well but what i found is the the one the one that i the, the, the challenge the biggest challenge that i find writing them is the motivation of the characters mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. because they are amateur right and and you know you think you're unlucky if something like this happens to ordinary people once you're pushing it a little bit when it's <laughs> when it happens twice yeah. but a third time and a fourth time and potentially any more you know how, how do you get around that but thankfully i've got a very very good editor at harper north and, and it's, it is a debate that we have every single time is you know what's the motivation what's jason and amateur's motivation here to yeah be chasing another killer when yeah. you've got a perfectly competent police force yeah. that are also doing the exact same thing what's their motivation but actually do you know something when as much as when i sit down to write a, a, a new one um and this is listen this isn't this isn't unique to me this is this is all cozy writers because mm. like i said it's it, it's amateur detectives what's their motivation mm. um you know i think the a once i get over that hump and once i have that motivation down then i have this great sense of relief because because we've got it down and it's but that's nice i like that as a writer mm. because it's a challenge right yeah. it's it's you're challenging yourself literally with every book to reason why it's also so you know it's a, it, arguably it's a bit of a cheat for character development as well like you, you have to mm. that these characters are having to carry with them the baggage of what's happened before and that in turn is going to have to lead them down the garden path as to again why they're going to try and catch a horrible killer of of some innocent person and 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 ultimately i mean like even saying that out loud that's mm. still what happens that that's at the core of our cozy mystery yes you know you think you, yeah. it, it has this fluffiness it has the fairy tale it, you know notion about it but ultimately usually 99 percent of the time there's a killer on the loose and someone's lost their life and that's a heinous yeah. crime that has to yeah. be that, that, that justice must be must be served and yeah. as, as it rightly should be um so you have to bear that in mind i guess with it but it's been an interesting. It's it's not something that I necessarily thought of when I when I first kind of came up with an with the idea for the for the series. Yeah. But it, it it's it's come about because because you're moving forward with it. But I mean, yes. Jessica Fletcher, we've mentioned it already. 
what I get out of that is that she's got is that she's a crime writer and she just uses this next murder as the as the, as the inspiration. I mean, that's that's a stroke of genius. It really, yes, really is. yes, <laughs> yes. Um, when you're when you because uh, you know uh, we've kind of hinted at this, like it is it is actually quite difficult to come up with the complex ways in which the the crime has happened and then the the you know the solving of it. Um, some of my early books were were golden age stuff. And it it is really it's really stinking hard. Um, <laughs> so I'm I'm curious for you. How do you when you're when you're sitting down to 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 write your your books? Yeah. Where do you start? Is it do you you know some people say well you work backwards obviously but like yeah. not everyone does that and I think no. that's easier said than done. No. Um. I mean it's it's difficult. It's it's hard. Like I said with the bingo hall detectives like that that was just like like a bolt out of the blue. Yeah. You know, that was purely circumstantial where yeah. whatever happened, whatever chemical reaction happened in my head at that time, mm -hmm. given the stimulus, that's where it came from. Yeah. Um, with the Village Hall Vendetta, uh, more premeditated, obviously, because it's the second in the series. And, yes. and, um, and I've always loved art. I mean, the, the, the book's dedicated um, the book's dedicated to my love of art. And of course, within the context of the book, it's about... Uh, Rep reportedly cursed painting and it's led mm. to the latest owner being murdered and what have you um and in the acknowledgement section i thank two of my art teachers from school mm. uh, who introduced me to art so you know and, and i always wanted to do something within that that sort of sphere and you know it may not necessarily it's, it's not the thomas crown affair it's not about stealing paintings and stuff like that yeah but it's, it's a way in um with the new one i can't go into too many details but that was that was a sort of similar setup that was like you know i had this kind of one line or this one notion as to what i wanted to put the characters through mm. um and then from there really what what i tend to do is i i the first thing i always do with when i sit down to write well, i write anything i guess but I, I work from maybe no more than a two-page synopsis that will run through the whole story not going into great details but you know introductions of characters and and the twists and the red herrings and ultimately how it's resolved in no more than two pages mm. and the reason I, I keep it to two pages and the reason I do that first is that when I get into the mire of being 40 50,000 words into the manuscript I can yeah. go back to that and go all oh, right yeah damn that's what this book is actually about because yeah. I trust past Jonathan to have done a lot better a job than current Jonathan who's <laughs> who's who's mired in like I said, 40, 50,000 words and has decided to go rogue and do be a maverick cop and, and do play by his own <laughs> rules. And then I have to pull myself back back into the room with, I mean, don't get me wrong, sometimes it, you know, sometimes I go back and actually what I've written and if it's straight off what I'd originally written at mm. any point, six, eight, ten weeks ago, two months ago or what have you, I, I prefer what the route that I've gone down. But yeah. that's how I tend to work it out. And I've got, I've got the resolution, you know, I've got who the killer is or killers are. I've got who the victims are, I've got how it's happened and how it, how it gets unraveled. In the yeah. case of the Bengal detectives, how Jason and Amateur sort of bumble their way to to catching who it is. Yeah. Um, and that's a godsend. Like I, I I like I couldn't do it without that now. Um yeah. because I I it would be hopeless and I I'd, I'd get nothing done. I really wouldn't yeah. get anything done. Um it, but I write sequentially. I you know I write I write sequentially like I you know I'll yeah. start on chapter one and and and, and I it, but it's as much Certainly, the first draft. It's as much me telling telling myself the story as it is anything else, yeah. and, and that's yeah. the that's that's the exciting part about it, right? It's that that's 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 why we write is that yeah. we, we love stories, and the, you know, telling yourself a story is 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 great fun, or it should be anyway. 
it should be no i i like this idea that you that you write this uh two two page synopsis out of 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 kind of what the story is it reminded me of blake snyder a little bit the guy who who uh wrote save the cat uh it's a screenwriting book for those who don't know but incredible uh, yeah. resource for any writer really um and one of the really important things he says at the very early part of that book is that you need to write a log line um if you can't write a log line yeah, yeah. Uh, then you don't know your story. And I'm like, and it's so, it's one of those things where like, it's so simple. I mean, a log line is yeah. a sentence, you know, sentence and a half, you know, Absolutely. it's not long, but it's like, it's just, if you can capture what that story is in that bit, then a, it's going to, it makes, it makes it clearer to you as the writer that you know Absolutely. what you're doing and, and where to go. It doesn't mean you can't go down some rabbit trails and see, no, you know, far from you know, it. Yeah. The, um, the book I'm working on right now, like today, when I was when I was doing my writing time, um, what I thought was going to happen um, has been paused and moved to a later chapter because I put this other bit as I was editing a chapter where I actually wanted my protagonist to go off and do something else. Yeah. Um, that was more of a more of a more of a pause, more of a break um, yeah. in the in the action, um, which is quite important. So that's, that's kind of leads me to my, my next question. And that is, you know, it, these 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 these, you know, the crazy crime stuff, it, it's they're fun to you're kind of always thinking about the plot and what's going on and stuff like that. How do you you know, how important is it to you to have moments throughout this of of protagonists real life? Because yeah because real life like you read sherlock holmes you read proro you read all those people none of them have a life outside of the investigation no. they no. are they just are that i guess holmes that's not entirely true because holmes does go listen to concerts and stuff like that yeah. but for the most part these you know if we're, if we're going more christie stuff or we're going dorothy sayers it's very much just just yeah. the case and no you know um how, so how important is that for you I, I think it's vitally important for Cozy because mm. I think, as we've talked about already, it's rooted in the humdrum of real life. And I think, yeah. uh, obviously, humour is a big, big part of Cozy Crime, huge mm. part of Cozy mm. Crime. And yes. I think a lot of humour can come about from real life situations. Like, you know, you never see Poirot go for a pee. Right. Uh, you know, you never see Holmes go uh, collect his shopping obviously yeah. from tesco but you, you, you know what i mean you know there's there's yeah. never there's he's never got mrs scene. hudson for that that's why he's paying well, that's, big that's bucks true. that's true but again you never see mrs hudson go and do it right and no you, you don't mrs. hudson standing with the ketchup and cats up uh, <laughs> to, 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 to get back to the popular popular culture um you know that that ne that never ever happens whereas you've got a natural you've got a natural in to be able to do stuff like that in cozy crime mm. and actually I find that a lot of my humor for my cozy crime novels comes about through those situations. I mean, don't get mm. me wrong. There's always going to be a quip or there's going to be a line when people's lives are in danger, right? That's, well, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what happens when you grow up watching Die Hard and The Last Boy Scout <laughs> weapon and, and, you know, and Terminator and stuff like that. You know, that, that, that invariably is going to, going to happen. It's going to bleed into your writing. Um, yes. Shane Black, we have to thank for, uh, for, for, oh for that. Um, but I think, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that I, I mean, I love doing it, right? I, I I love having these scenes where it's two people arguing about something, probably a murder investigation, while they are stuck at the checkout line that should be for only, um, you know, one to 12 items, but you've got people that are lined up in front that have got like 40 items and they're doing that, you know, and suddenly you've got this whole, so there's, the, you know, the opening scene for the Village Hall Vendetta 
is Amita arguing with someone uh, at the at the line at a burger joint, and mm. she can't get her head around why they don't serve stew. And she wants a bowl of stew <laughs> with some bread. And the, the guy behind the desk is going, but we're a burger place, right? Have you never been in a burger joint before? And then the, the queue behind start, starts for, you know, that's yeah. that type of stuff happens. You know? <laughs> that, 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 I've witnessed stuff like that, right? Yeah. And, and, and I think it's vitally important to have that in something like Cozy Crown. Because again, that there's nothing stranger and there's nothing funnier than real life sometimes right yeah. it's not all not all the time obviously not yeah. not all the time and yeah but you know these these little tidbits it's good for building character and i think you're given a lot more room in cozy mystery and uh, cozy crime writing to, to have these little moments in it than you would necessarily a police procedural for example where you've got caught listen it's not to say that you can't have them and, and he's far from it and there's, yeah. there's a litany of of real life characters that are in yeah. that are in other other uh, genres. You, you of... did you did reference Lethal Weapon, which is a police procedural, but it is yeah, but it is a comedy. It's 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 it a, it's, a, it's a you know it, it, it is, and and you know Lethal Weapon three, the scene that immediately pops up is is you know throughout Lethal Weapon three, a uh, a uh, Riggs Mel Gibson is giving up smoking, and that leads to yes. certain gags throughout it. He's given an onion at one point to to eat, and then <laughs> but that but that whole thing then leads to the scene where. A Murtaugh, Danny Glover's Murtaugh shoots a, a teenager who was friends with his son because he's running with gangs and then they've mm. got illegal guns and stuff and it all, you know, it, it, it jumps that that is a franchise jumps from those sort of moments they're interspliced with it but that for me what I always loved about Lethal Weapon yeah. is that the action sequences are great and stuff like that but are they any better than any other action movie that was out at the same time? Probably not but I always loved that chemistry that those two characters had that yes. brought that brought those real life moments or relative real life moments to to they brought them to the, the the fore and that's those are the bits I watch those movies for right yeah that's, that, that 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 that's it I don't I don't need to see another car crash I don't need to see another car chase I can get them from anywhere yeah. but similarly why I keep going back to those types of movies is because they've got those parts in it and you know I can't remember the last time I watched um what's the uh, Cobra with Stallone because oh, right, really, right. Yes. It's, yeah. it's really humorless, right? It's really lifeless or, or you know, commando with, with Schwarzenegger. Just as much action, but nowhere near that sort of real life mundanity that that, uh, that, that, that I love. And it's, and I'm, I'm privileged to be able to write, I'm privileged to be able to fill my books with that type of stuff because there's that sort of expectation from the readership that you're going to get that sort of stuff in, in a yeah. mystery. And, it, and it's something to celebrate. I know I celebrate it. I love it. Definitely. So I'm curious because it's fun because you, you you've been mentioning things like Lethal Weapon and Die Hard and and whatnot, um, which are very which are not cozy. They are no, the farthest no, 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 thing no, no, from no. they're they're more they're more hard boiled. They're more kind of they come yeah, from the absolutely. thriller, yeah, the thriller absolutely. world. So I'm curious. Are there are there any other you know you're working on your third uh, Bingo Hall uh, book, um, but are there other 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 crime genres that you would like to explore in the future? I, I mean, I never, I never rule, I never rule out. I, I never rule out because um, I think if you, if you're one, one of the, one of the, the big, big things that I, uh, that I relish as a writer or relish being the writer that I am is flexibility. Mm. You know, look, you said it there just a moment ago, talking about having that flexibility to be able to move one scene that you thought was going to go there mm. to later on because you want to develop something else. Yeah, I think it's vital as a writer to have that flexibility because it's yeah. not just. It's not just you sitting down and writing it. The flexibility translates to every step of the process to get a book on the shelf. Because it takes yeah. a village to, to, it genuinely does take a village to, yeah. uh, to, to have a book published. 
Um, yeah. And that's from marketing to sales to editing to writing a thing to representation, you know, every element yeah. of it. And you've got to be yeah. flexible. And you've got to remain flexible and open minded to these types of things. And it starts with the work. It starts with the actual writing. So I would never, ever rule out an opportunity to do something to do something else. I do genuinely think that I've found my voice, found my mm. writing voice with, with with Cozy because I love it so much. And I, and, I, mm -hmm. and again, it's as much an escape. If for nothing else, it's an escape for me than, than it is anything else. I worked on something new over the over the summer. Mm. Um, that I can't really go into too many details about, but that was it's it's not it's not it's not specifically cozy. It's maybe a, a, a tad edgier to for okay. one of a better yeah. label than that. But it's still it's still kind of rooted in that in that same in that sort of same sphere. Yeah. Um, but it was really really good. I, I really enjoyed it because it was the first it was the first sort of new thing from you know the first new thing from the ground up that I that I've built. A, for about three years and it was really hard <laughs> and, and I hadn't realized how much of a sort of comfort zone that I'd that I'd clearly gotten myself into with the bingo yes. hall detectives because that's the thing when you write a second book and a third book and what have you you know you're going in with that with that predisposition that you know exactly who these characters are and their quirks and yes of course they're going to be developing they're going to be changing and stuff like that but yes you have that firm grounding um yeah. is starting something brand new and introducing brand new characters um I was like oh my god this is this is really hard. Is this what writing is? But then again, you know, once I got over that hump, um, I was like, oh, you know, I got, I, I really, really got into it. And it, and I'm so glad that I did it. And I'm so glad that I did it when I did it, because I think if I'd left it any longer, mm. um, it would have only gotten harder. It's like, it's like that awful analogy of holding on to a plane's wheel as it yeah. takes off. The longer you hold on, the worse the fall is going to be. And that's, yep. that's, that's exactly what it was like. So it was good to do. And Again, yeah, flexibility and, and open-mindedness. I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to challenge myself because that's it. You've got to challenge yourself as a writer. Yeah. Because if you don't, you, you get you know you, you get complacent, and ultimately that comes across in the writing, and you don't want that. You know, no. you, you don't want that for your readers. You don't want that for yourself. It's you, you've got you've got to stay you've got to stay open-minded. Keep your head on a swivel. <laughs> to use yes. a sports analogy. There you go. <laughs> so. The, the the last question that I have for you is I, I also find it fun when I have authors on to kind of break some break some of the myths and, and let people in on 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 really sometimes the difficulty or, or not difficulty that an author has had in getting their work out there. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so I a you got to remind me where where were you when you know you finished bingo halls? You know, did you have an agent? Did you have a publisher ready? What yeah. was the what was that process like? So I had, um, so I, I, I got my agent when I was offered my contract for the Bingo Hall Detectives with Harper North. Mm. And um, before that, I'd always been a unrepresented. I kind of represented myself because mm. with my background in journalism and I used to do a lot of, I still do a lot of review work and stuff like that. I knew quite a lot of people in the industry, but yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a total convert to, to 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 having an agent because they are so so that they're wonderful, right? Not only are they yeah. another champion for you as a as an author when you're not there, but you know, I've got a wonderful agent, Elizabeth mm. at North Bank, who is you know, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Any any question, stupid, big, small, it doesn't <laughs> matter. She's there and she yeah. answers it. And and I'm very, I'm you know, I I am very very blessed because I've got a wonderful team at Harper North as well. My editor Jen Jen Pegg, um, who's who's who just gets me as a writer. She gets these characters. She gets the series. So I mean, it's 
yeah, it's it's not to say that you can't you can't do it without agents and you can't do it without mm. traditional publishers and stuff like that. Far from it, because that's that's the great thing about this industry is that it's a broad church. Yeah. Um. So, you know, what 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 I will say is that you've got to be flexible. You know, yeah. we've talked about this already. You've you've got to be flexible. You've got to be open to new ideas. You've got to be able to share these stories and want to make them the best that they can be. And and a lot yeah. of that comes about through the relationships with your editors and with your publishers. And another thing that I always I, I try and say is that, you know, the relationships got to go both ways. You know, you've, yes. you've you've got to you've got to get on with your agent because you could be yeah. working with this person for for years and years and years and decades and same with your publishers and your editors it's it's got to be a two-way system it's got to work for you as well as as well as them yeah um and you know not jumping at the first opportunity that, that, that comes along if it's not right it's it, sometimes that's the hardest thing in the world but sometimes it's for the best and and there's there's countless horror stories yes that, that you'll hear from from writers that 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 did the wrong thing or just didn't have that spark or didn't have that sort of relationship i've been very very lucky i i, yeah. I know how lucky i'm very grateful as to how how lucky i am with the relationships that i've got within the capacity of it yeah. and as we talked about before we came on air and i do this a lot in my teaching is that you don't have to be a professional writer to be professional mm. about your writing you know Definitely. be professional about it edit yeah. it you're you're, you're going to be dealing with professionals within yeah. the industry it's their job it's your job as well if you want to be a writer if you're serious about it so be professional about it you know be proud of your work um but give it give it the edits that it needs send the the, the right things to the right people um and educate yourself in, in how the industry works they're my they're they're my kind of top lessons that i wish i knew yeah. 10 yeah. years ago long before God, i was yeah. published you know oh geez oh geez yes i i agree i agree i agree yes i Oof! yes my first book is terrible um i or... doubt i highly doubt that i highly oh. doubt that. i highly doubt that i'll send it to you one day <laughs> <laughs> i'd love that i'd love it i'd love it i'll pinch all the ideas there you go Oh God! Yes, uh, Jonathan, this was a lot of fun. I like I like having you on talking about all anything and everything, really. Um, but I, I enjoyed having you on today. Where can people find you on the interwebs if you want them to? I always always my electronic door is always open. Uh, mm. So I'm on a X at JD Whitelaw one three. I'm on Instagram at JD Whitelaw one three. I'm on Threads at JD Whitelaw one three. There's a trend here. Uh, brand marketing as they as they yes. say um and yeah get get me on social media i'm usually hanging around there, there doing go. something or you know asking silly questions or posting pictures of my frozen beard um, <laughs> over as it was in canada we've got a lovely at time of recording it's a lovely clear clear blue sky day not a not a snowflake to be seen whereas this time last year it was about i think three inches three inches deep and i was having to go out every morning to clear the clear the driveway ah yes yes uh, you know what i really wish we would get some snow we'll we'll see we'll see i'll we'll send see. some over i'll I'll, I'll fed exit please do i would i would love that um yeah once again jonathan this was a lot of fun um if anyone listening if you've not purchased jonathan's books please go do so there are links in the description whether you're listening on apple or spotify or watching on youtube there are links to go buy jonathan's books and i highly recommend them um until then i will see you guys next week the secret Simper.